know why I get this nervous. I don't. I, 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 I really am concerning myself a little bit, Nick. If we get ourselves into a postseason situation, I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to handle myself. Um, Reds survive, I think, is the right term to use here. Six to five. I don't know really where to start. Uh, it kind of felt like we got outplayed a little bit, Nick. But having said that, there was some really big bright spots for obviously the Reds tonight. And um, you got to give them credit. That's a good team they beat. Yeah, it's a big, big win. Uh, Reds a uh, three and one against the uh, the mighty Dodgers. How about that? Yeah, for those that, that that don't keep up and aren't degenerates, the Reds tonight. I think uh, I, I should say the Dodgers tonight were minus two twenty five as a favorite, uh, which is a pretty big number, Nick. Uh, that's a pretty big number. You usually don't win games where you you're you're minus two hundred plus on the uh, the 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 money line and. Um, I don't want to say we stole it because it fe- that would sound like we completely got outplayed, but it definitely felt like the wheels were falling off. And and thankfully, uh, Diaz Diaz came through tonight. So we'll, we'll probably get into that here in a little bit. But a little box score recap. Try to keep the night moving. Where are you? How you feeling, Nick? Feeling good? Feeling fresh? I'm feeling good. We got to give Alex Young a lot of credit too. He uh-huh. uh, uh, really held the game steady there late. All right. Your box score recap presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Top of the first, Ellie De La Cruz made his presence in Los Angeles felt with a leadoff triple. TJ Friel, RBI ground out, quickly made it one nothing Reds. Matt McLean, who grew up in Cali and went to UCLA, smoked a double. Jake Fraley homered, and the Reds jumped all over the Dodgers flamethrower Bobby Miller and took a 3 nothing lead. Jake Fraley, four home runs in his last 11 games. Brandon Williamson, he danced around trouble and a lot of base runners all night. 12 base runners on base, but he left with a 5-2 lead with two outs in the sixth and a runner on first. I'm sorry, a 3-2 lead. Lucas Sims got out of that inning, and the Reds played add-on from there. Top of the seventh, Spencer Steer ended an 18-game homerless streak with his 15th home run of the year. That put the Reds up 4-2. Tyler Stevenson singled, Will Benson walked, Ellie De La Cruz was intentionally walked, then TJ Friedel was hit by a pitch with the bases loaded, that made it 5-2, then Matt McLean had a bases loaded walk, made it 6-2. Lucas Sims, he had to sit for a while, and he just didn't have it when he came back out on the 7th, he left the bases loaded for Ian Jabot, Ian Jabot gave up a single to Freddie Freeman, he struck out J.D. Martinez. But then Ahmed Rosario smoked a ball that Matt, Matt McLean misplayed first step going to the left when he should have gone to the right, and it was 6-5. Alex Young came in. Max Muncy gave us a scare, but it was a 372-foot flyout to end the inning with the Reds holding on to a 6-5 lead. And that would be the final score. Alex Young pitched a uh, got two outs in the eighth. Alexis Diaz got a four-out save. Uh, and... Uh, Reds win 6-5. Brewers lost 10-7 to the Braves. Reds now a half game back in the NL Central. Reds are tied for the first wild card spot with the Phillies. Deep South commodities. The DSC, deep drive of the game. Deep drive of the game. You going with Spencer Steer? Who are you going with? Who are you going with? Spencer Steer. That gave the Reds a probability of winning this game at 81%. However they came with that, I'm not sure. But damn it, it did. And by God, that might have been the difference. In fact, some would say it was the difference. Shout out to DSC, Deep South Commodities. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com to check them out. Thank you to John and his team. 
as always, at DSC. They've been uh, supporters of us since the All-Star break. We appreciate them, and uh, I can't tell you how thankful we are that uh, Spencer Steer gave us a chance to mention them. Nick, um, you have on this rundown Red's offense. That was a – what would be the right term? Was it a concern? I don't know if it was a concern, but I think it was something that you started to notice about the lack of offense the last whatever it's been. And, of course, it's the Brewers. It always comes around with the Brewers, it feels like, when it comes to the lack of offense. But it's nice to see them bounce back. They had an off day out there in L.A. They used it wisely. I don't know what they did, but they used it wisely. And they jumped out to... They kind of got the monkey off their back early, too, and that helps when Ellie De La Cruz hits a triple. Um, it would have been nice to see it. Valley Sports was sucking. Um, I don't know if you had the same feet I had, but, hell, I didn't even know where hell Ellie was half the time. That's here nor there. Um, any other thoughts outside of the fact that they got the monkey off their back? Yeah, I mean, nice just to come right out, put up a three-spot against the, the Dodgers. Um, obviously, the pitcher they were facing has struggled of late, but, uh, I mean, this guy is a top 20 prospect in all the baseball coming of the year. Throws the hardest fastball yeah, in like baseball. Two miles an hour. Man. Yeah, I mean, this is it's not. I'm not, not apologizing for getting hits off that guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is, in all reality, probably the toughest starter you'll face this weekend. Um, so you're able to get a win on, on Friday. Um, I mean, you put six runs up against the Dodgers. You did something right. I know they may have missed some chances, but the Dodgers also have some really good pitches that I think also made some really good pitches throughout the day. So, um, after just getting dominated by the Brewers, coming out, putting a six spot at Dodger Stadium in game one, I think that was a really, really good showing from the Reds' offense overall. Yeah, Reds' <laughs> offense was good. And you know what was nice to see was uh, was they did it a multitude of ways. I mean, the long ball is something that you it, it, you really need to be able to be a productive offense. I'm not suggesting you have to be the Braves and hit hit you know basically hit four home runs a game. But Fraley's home run, kind of that kind of – I don't want to say that 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 kind of got the I keep bringing this monkey on the back, but it kind of let everybody take a deep sigh of relief, and it's like okay, we're back a little bit, and it's like okay, this isn't going to be a two to one game or a three to one game. It finally scored some runs, obviously later. Matt McLean looked like Matt McLean again. Um, it took him every bit of one game or two games to get back to himself. Um, Will Benson had a really good at bat too. I don't want to. Uh, I, I know I don't know if he was on the little rundown there, but Will Benson had a good at bat. I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of people, and you know who I thought had a great game, and I want to mention it. I want to say it proudly on air. I thought Jonathan Indy had a great game. We have to keep surviving and advancing right now. We play some really tough teams. If we can just hang around 500, I'm not I'm not trying to sound like a loser by saying that, but if we can just hang around 500, let's just get to let's try to get to the middle of August and and and. and See where we're at. And like, you, like you've mentioned, you wouldn't be shocked if the Brewers got swept by Atlanta. I wouldn't be shocked if the Brewers played 500 or less baseball the rest of the way out. I could be completely wrong about that. I know I'm the guy that keeps yelling and saying that the Brewers aren't very good and they keep beating the Reds like a, uh, like a redheaded stepchild. And I don't know why that is a thing, by the way. Don't get me canceled. I'm not sure where that term comes from. It's just something I've always heard. I'm just regurgitating what I've heard. So I'm just saying that's what it's been like. Um. Anyway, I digress. Be will in the bullpen. Brandon Williamson starting to become. I don't want to overreact here. He's starting to become a guy that actually looks like he belongs, and he and he believes that he belongs, and he looks the part. You know what I'm saying? Like this doesn't look like a fluke anymore. I genuinely think he's like not. 
he's not nervous. He's not scared. He, he, he expects to get guys out. Your thoughts on his start? He did give up 12 base runners today, so I don't want to go too overboard, but he also kept the ball in the ballpark against the team that uh, hits a lot of home runs. I think their top four hitter, four hitters in the lineup have like 25 plus home runs. So, I mean, you know, the fact that you're able to keep the ball in the ballpark, you can dance around some trouble if you do that. His fastball uh, averaged 94 tonight. That was his highest average velocity in a start of the season. So, uh, you know, it seems like he's maximizing his talent right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's been he's been huge for the Reds. Just a guy that we thought. <laughs> I just remember when he came up against the Rockies. We're like, yeah, I think the Reds are just throwing him out there, saying, "Hey, you've kind of well, sucked Triple A. <laughs> you sucked at Triple A. We're just gonna throw you out there. We need someone to pitch." And somehow this guy said, "Hey, let's ride." He's still in this rotation, and I think he's probably gonna survive the rest of the year. It's just really incredible his season. Nick, did you do that on purpose? Because he made his he made his debut in in uh, in Denver, and you said let's ride, or you or was that just a coincidence? That was completely accidental. Completely right. accidental. Let's ride. You know, here's the weird thing about baseball, and I'm not trying to get too uh, into the weeds on this baseball game a little bit, but if Joey Votto would have hit a home run tonight, everybody would have been like super excited about that, right? And like they would have brought it up. We would we would have mentioned it, et cetera, et cetera. If he makes that play at first base, it's just as good as him hitting a home run. It is. It would have saved a run. And you know what else I'm going to say? Jake Fraley, if he hits two weak ground balls with a guy at third base with one out, we don't bring him up at all, but he scores two runs. But he hits a two-run home run, and we got guys giving him super chats. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a super chat. By God, he does. Rake Fraley is a great player. I'm glad he's on our team and he's been great all year. I'm just saying, like, those are the those are the small things that like we just gloss over. And I and because it's a long game, it's nine innings, et cetera, et cetera. But defense matters. I mean, it it does. Defense matters. And uh Hopefully we can start to convert when they when we have opportunities. We're not going to get them all in, Nick. I'm I'm not naive. We're not going to be able to get a guy in at third base with less than two outs every single time. But we but I'd like to see us uh, extend leads when we have an opportunity. All right. Um, a Willis is saying I sound too toxic. I I mean I, I maybe that could be the case. It is late night. It's like one one thirty in the morning. But uh, I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep it up, upbeat and positive. I'm just bringing up solid points, I thought. All right. Bullpen. I mean, outside of Lucas Sims, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah, Jabot was fine. I mean, it's a bad well, spot. I mean, shit, yeah. He came into a, he came into a, a, a mess. Can't We can't just, like, downplay him, right? I, I don't know. I mean, I know... It, he he came into a burning house. What do we we expect him to? We expect him to have a house party in it. Like two minutes later, I I don't understand. I I did see people getting mad at Ian Jabot on Twitter a little bit. I made a post on Ian Jabot that just said, if he gives up some kind of hard hit ball on some tough pitch, I don't want to hear about it because he threw he threw Jabot threw like four or five dead center nut cutting right down the middle fastballs that didn't get hit. Thankfully, but. That's beside the point. I think it all should, all of the blame, for my opinion, falls on Sims. He's a great pitcher. I'm not downplaying him. I don't think that Sims is going to be a hurt us down the line. But if you were to say, hey, what was the problem tonight? His name is Lucas Sims, was a problem tonight. Yeah, Lucas Sims walked two batters, and that, that really was just 
look tribute. Yeah, Jabot came in with a to to a house on fire, and he he saved the bathroom just enough to keep the structure <laughs> up. And <laughs> he kept the, he kept the, kept, he kept the basement alive and let all the people that were partying yeah. down there continue to party. And that's all of us at two in the morning. I listen. Uh, I thought it was a great job by our bullpen. I really do. I thought it was a great job. Outside of one guy, it was a great job. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. I, no, no, not at all. I mean, Alex Young getting three outs, um, you know, that was a big job from him. Alex Young has a 2.20 ERA. I feel like he's just kind of really flown under the radar because he kind of gets used a lot differently than the other relievers. But, I mean, as the one lefty in this bullpen, and I think they need to get another one, um, he's been awesome. He's been great. And then Lex Diaz, who had been struggling, to retire all four batters, got a got a little fortunate with that one pitch he left to Mookie Betts that just went foul. But other than that, he was really really good. Yeah, didn't walk anyone. Yep. No, I'm 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 looking at the chat. I mean, listen, we're all thrilled to death. I mean, what what a huge win. I I don't want to gloss over this. Can I can I say something out loud here that I, that I'm not saying I'm overly concerned about, but I am paying attention to it. There is a team behind us right now that's playing out of their mind. And I'm not suggesting that I'm worried about it, but I am suggesting that every single win that we obtain right now is 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 one day closer to them falling apart a little bit. And you know who I'm talking about. I'm not even going to bring them up. But I think they're like four and a half back. Tonight they'd have been three and a half back of us. Uh, they're four back now. So, you know, I mean, that's... Uh, these games matter. Every single one of these matter right now because I think it's momentum more than anything. And and I'm I'm not even I'm not saying I'm not concerned about the Brewers, but I'm really not. I, I have I don't know what what can you explain to me why I have this unbridled confidence that if we just play relatively decent the rest of the way that the, the Brewers are gonna figure a way to mess it up? Is it can you, is, what is it about them that I hate so much? I, I just I, I don't you don't look at the Brewers team and go that's a team that's going to go out and win 90 games, right? Like, I don't, I don't see that happening. I mean, I think that they're, I I don't think they're going to fall off the map. I I don't think, I think they're going to be a competitive team till the end. I think their, their projection right now is 86. I think they'll probably be, you know, that 84 to maybe 87 range. And that's why this is the Reds are probably always going to have a chance in the NL Central because I just don't think the Brewers are going to run away. Right. I'm not all that worried about the Cubs because honestly, if the Reds can't finish ahead of the Cubs, Reds aren't going to make the playoffs anyways. <laughs> that's kind of so how you're I not. Think. You don't. You don't believe in the fact. Uh, I'll tell you what would be the funniest thing, the greatest thing that could happen for the Reds would be if somehow the Cubs convince themselves that they need to be buyers and or they should hold course. They need to stay the course. And they don't they don't get anything in return for Bellinger. They don't get anything in the return for Stroman. And then they just fall apart or they don't make the playoffs. Like that that would actually be that would be they always say you can't have your cake and eat it too. That would be having your cake and eating it too. Like that would be you're living you're living right if that happens. So maybe maybe it'll all work out in the end. Um I guarantee I guarantee you that Cubs front office right now is like, oh man, we're in the absolute, they're almost in a nightmare spot right now because they are damned if they do, they are damned if they don't. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. If, I mean, they're they're in a bad, bad they're, spot. They're in, they're in the absolute worst spot you could be as an organization because they're like, they have their feet in both. Yeah, 
no doubt. Uh, let's jump into that a little bit then. We got trades and David Bell next. The David Bell extension, I don't want to say you knew about it already, but you did. You just, you're just nice enough of a guy not to tell everybody. So you knew that was coming. Um, I think most people that had a rational, like a rational take on the Reds knew that David Bell was going to get an extension. I mean, it's he's done a great job this year. He's done nothing really in in my mind to to make you think that he's not capable of being not just a serviceable manager but a decent to good big league manager. He's never he's never had the ability in my opinion uh at least over a long enough stretch to have the talent on the field to be able to truly judge him one way or the other. So I'm not suggesting that I think and you the chat knows this. David Bell I guess I'm indifferent on him. I don't love him. I don't hate him. I think part of the reason I don't love him is just because when I when because he's terrible in interviews, I guess, which is a really bad way to judge a manager. But that's just part of it. I guess that's that's kind of like choosing your president because they can't speak or something along those lines. Like maybe that's not the smartest thing to do. But that's that's what that's that it makes a little bit of a difference. So I'm okay with it. I know that you're a David Bell guy, so you're probably happy. Absolutely. I mean, I, I I think it was a no-brainer move to extend him. I mean, this team was supposed to lose 90-plus games. I mean, even if you only extended him one year, I mean, you had to extend him. I mean, I guess maybe the debate could be, should you extend him one or three? I don't know. Maybe David had the leverage to extend three. I don't really know how managers' extensions contracts work. Someone does, please chime in. David but here's, here's, where, here's what. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess if he said, yeah, I want three years and if not i'm gonna walk away the rest would kind of look pretty dumb so he actually it's kind of weird that david bell was able to get leverage after probably no one thought that was possible at the beginning of the year but nonetheless so 2019 uh i thought that year uh, david bell made a lot of mistakes um i think the one thing that he did early was he tried to be too aggressive with his bullpen management uh try to be a little too analytical yeah i said that trying to go to his bullpen too early and kind of burn out some of his starters. And I think he learned a lot in, in, in 2019. But 2020, Reds ended up getting projected to win 31 games in the shortened season. Reds won 31 games. 2021, they were projected, as by the same projection system, to win 80. They won 83. Obviously, 2022 was a rough year. If you could find a manager that would have got something out of the Reds last year, I, I'd love to hear it. But then this year, obviously, I mean, the Reds were projected to win 65 games. And I don't know, what did they just win their uh, 57th? Yeah. So, and we're, we're uh, not even in August yet. So his teams have, his teams most years that he's been the manager have either done what they should have done or overachieved. So um, not a good manager, in my opinion. I, I can't disagree with that. Bryce Sizemore with a super chat says, I just want one part of this team to be consistent. I understand that they are young and inexperienced, but something is just makes me confused watching the Reds right now. Uh, that's relatively fair, but the only thing I would say, Bryce, is like the bullpen's been pretty damn consistent. Like outside of maybe uh, one or two games here or there, this bullpen, when you've handed the ball to them, they for the most part have done what you've asked them to do and or have given you an opportunity to win. The offense, yeah, it's been inconsistent, but you said it got a bunch of young guys i think that's just part of the ride like it's kind of like you come to expect it you go to a fast food restaurant nick you know you're probably not going to get the best service like you got young players you're probably going to have mistakes these are these are things that that suck sometimes but overall 
perspective is maybe the greatest thing in life, you know, like I genuinely mean that Nick. I, I think sometimes like, you know, your perspective single-handedly can change your overall opinion on the world. It can change your overall opinion on a day. It can change your attitude and heart heartbeat. Like you think you have it bad, but then if you have perspective of what other people are going through, you realize you have it pretty good. Or you can make yourself feel like you have it really bad if you compare yourself to people that have something better than you. It's all about what you want to make of it. This team was supposed to win. Do I need to remind? I'm not going to remind everyone. I'm going to remind everyone. This team was supposed to win 65 games. We were we were supposed to absolutely suck. Like we, Nick, we're talking on July 29th at 1.30 in the morning. There's 380 people in this chat. What the f- you know what? It's a kid's show. This isn't supposed to be real. We weren't supposed to ever do this. I People thought we were stupid, and actually I know they did because I have screenshots of it, and you know, I'm a kind of a petty little asshole that screenshots those. You know, I, I keep a little bit of receipts. One day I'm going to pull those receipts out, and we're going to put the people right on the old pedestal and let them know, hey, still here. I know you're making fun of us for doing a show every day, but we are. Here we are. And the truth is, don't forget, I know it can be frustrating. This team can be frustrating. But I was nervous tonight. I was nervous about a baseball game that genuinely, I thought we were going to be just trenching through them. Me and Nick were going to be trying. Nick was going to be telling me about these great prospects we got in Double A and how the how the future is going to be bright. And don't you worry, Nick Crawl is going to be the man that's going to bring us to the top. I promise you guys, just listen to me. And you know what? We don't even need to listen to Nick because it's right in front of our face. We get to watch it every day, so it's a blessing. This team's a blessing. I don't want to forget that. Can it be frustrating at times? Sure. But don't forget the fact of the matter is, we're not supposed to be here this yet. Could you imagine if you were looking at the Reds really fast, chat? Think about this. Could you imagine if you were the rest of the division and you were looking at the Reds? Like, if you were the Cubs and you looked at the Reds and you're like, they got Ellie, Matt McClain, Andrew Abbott, Spencer Steer. I mean, they, they just brought up the CES kid. They supposedly have this Noelve Marte kid that's in AAA that's 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 going ham. And we're out here, we're out here trying. We got retreads that we might need to get rid of. And then you look at the Pirates, they're the Pirates. You you look at the Brewers, they're looking around thinking we probably only got like one or two more years left of this. There's really one team right now that everybody's looking to and thinks those are the big dogs. Those are the guys we probably need to be worried about. And it's the Cincinnati Reds. It's the Cincinnati Reds. So, God bless America and God bless the Reds. Don't forget it. I'll end my rant on that, Nick. But let's not, and I know, let me also be clear. I don't want to act like I was all directing that towards uh, Bryce. Bryce, thank you for the super chat. I don't I'm not, that, that wasn't, that wasn't towards you, Bryce. That's just towards Twitter in general. And, 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 and you, sometimes, Bryce. and sometimes the fans uh, that, that want to get frustrated at the situation we're in. I mean, if, if Nick Crawl doesn't do a damn thing, let me say this straight to everyone's face, and I hope you clip this up and put it on Twitter. For all of you people that want to sit here and act like the Reds are absolutely doomed if they don't make a trade at the deadline or they do something, you're the same pieces of you-know-what that were sitting there telling me this team was going to be god-awful and they need to trade everybody and they need to get rid of the front office and, the, and, and Bob and all those guys need to sell the team. And now you want to turn around and tell me what to do? You want to tell Nick what to do? I No, I'm not talking about Nick. 
Nick Kirby. I'm talking about Nick Crawl. You think you know more about this franchise than he does? Do you watch the games? Do you see what's going on? I don't give a damn what he does. If he wants to sit on his couch and eat potato chips for the next five days and do nothing, I don't give a damn because he proved to me he knows what he's doing. I digress. How do Go I ahead, come Nick. back from that? I'm so sick and tired of people acting like they know more about this than Nick Crawl does. I, I just, I, I mean, do they watch the games? Do you just watch the TV or do you not have cable? They, maybe they watch the game day app. I, I will add this. I will say that, that and I'm not going to call them out by name, but uh, some of the folks leading the Nick Crawl better do something deadline said when the Reds uh, traded for Jake Fraley and Brandon Williams and then it was the darkest day in Reds history, so... <laughs> Let's let that be what it is. I don't know, that was looking pretty good right now. So uh, I don't. Okay, so let's go. Let's go back to the the consistency talk here. So yeah, I mean, look, this team is going to be inconsistent. They have a lot of rookies. I think the fact that that they have fifty seven wins is a lot of credit to David Bell that he's guided this inconsistent ship. Right, <laughs> that they're able to go through these highs and lows. And I'm interested to see. The Reds, they just had nine games against the Brewers. We talked at length on Wednesday about how are the Brewers just this bad matchup? We're trying to figure it out. And I think we're probably both kind of like not not really sure about it, not really sure what to make about it. But uh, some of it, you know, I'm interested to see what they'll do now that they're past the Brewers, now that they have some 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 teams that haven't faced them over and over and over again, that, that the Brewers are able to exploit a lot of the Reds' offensive weaknesses. And, and tonight, they looked right back on on schedule, so um, they they got two more pretty good matchups in this series. Then they're going against the Cubs team that has some good pitching, but you know, nowhere near the Brewers. And and you got some some other teams, and you got a chance, I think, really for this offense to uh, to really, I think, get cooking. And I, I'm interested to see. I I don't know. I have no idea what Spencer Steer, what Matt McLean, what Ellie De La Cruz, what Christian Encarnacion Strand. I have no idea what those guys are look like in September, and I don't think anyone no has an idea. And that's also why I'm kind of concerned kind of goes into the next point of, of what I had on this, this rundown is the trades. I'm not mortgaging the future on unknowns. I'm enjoying this. I think the Reds have a great chance here. They have a great opportunity here, but you could go make a big trade and it, and then these guys just kind of run out of steam at the end. That's also possible. And one, one more point is I think when, when you look at acquiring certain players, You need to be real with yourself. You need to say, how much does that player move the needle for the Reds' chances of making the playoffs, right? So the Reds right now are at 34.2% chance of reaching the playoffs, okay? So Lance Lynn was traded today. Lance Lynn was a guy that I wanted, not a guy that I wanted when when you were giving up a legit prospect for like the, uh, the Dodgers did. But the Dodgers have a little bit more luxury in that, whereas, you know, they can overcome giving up a prospect a lot easier than the Reds. But Lance Lynn, how how much does Lance Lynn move your needle from 34% up? Does he move you to 38%? That's where I want to see every player that that suggests the Reds should trade for, that 34%, and I think it's a pretty fair number. I really do. Maybe they should be a little higher. Maybe they should be 40, 45. But how much is that really moving the needle up? That's where you need to look at each player and say, is that really worth me giving up a player that we could have six years of control of in the future to move me from 34 to 38 or 40 to 42 or 40 to 46. Right. Listen, I I also want to 
remind everybody that if you are of the mindset that it's like, oh, you never know, you'll never know if you have this chance again, or, you know, like you got a chance to win now, you better win now type thing. You know, you don't pick the time, time picks you, all those types of things. And some of that is truthful. Like there's a little bit of truth in those statements. However, that's also degrading what, what crawl in the front office has done to a small extent as well. If you don't think that what they're doing now is skill-based and you think it's just lucky, like you just think all of these guys that they got are just luck. Somehow they just they just close their hat they they close their 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 uh their eyes, stuck their hand into a hat and decided they were gonna draft Matt McLean. They decided they were gonna draft Andrew Abbott. They decided they were gonna go trade and get CES and Spencer Steer. Now, do they think did they know they were gonna get CES and Spencer Steer and they were gonna look as good as they did? Did they know what they were gonna get out of Will Benson and him look as good as they did? Maybe not to the fullest extent, but for the vast majority of what they're doing is a skill-based thing. And the idea of what he's trying to do, and I say he is a Nick Crawl in the front office, what they're trying to do is build depth. So so if they do miss on one or two guys, the third guy that they have is a guy that can be plug and play. And he's a guy that can replace somebody that we ultimately can't spend to keep around, right? Like at some point, and I'm not trying to forecast us in the future this far, but at some point, Matt McLean becomes a free agent and or Ellie becomes a free agent and or TJ Friedel isn't going to be up to snuff anymore or or Jake Fraley is going to be a guy that has to go. When those when those things come about, Nick Crawl and their front office, they want to have multiple options to plug and play. So if somebody doesn't pan out, they got two or three other guys they feel comfortable with that might pan out. And that's the whole point of not prospect hugging, it's not trying to like say you can't touch anybody because we think all of these guys are going to be superstars. It's that you don't want to get rid of a bunch of guys that are the second or third or first option for when they come up. Really, in my opinion, Nick, there's only one more golden child that's going to come up or whatever you want, a golden prospect that's going to come up that we all expect to be very good. After that... There's really, I mean, I'm not saying that there isn't. Yes, we, we Connor Phillips and Chase Petty and all those guys, we hope they come up and we hope they're like, you know, Cy Young type guys, whatever. But my main point is, is that outside of Noel V. Marte, in the near interim, and maybe you could say Connor Phillips too, you're not really, there's not really anyone and you could say like 100%, they're going to be on it. But would it surprise you? Would it surprise you in your wildest dreams if I gave you six different names right now and you know, you could pull him up faster than I am, but I'm just saying, like, would it surprise you if Reese Hines ends up being one of the best players that we have for the next six or seven years, and he wasn't even a guy that we ultimately, like, started talking about until lately? That's my main point. So, before we go and trade the farm for a bunch of unproven rookies that we have no idea with how they're going to perform in Oct- September and October and November, if we get there... Um, I'm not going to blame our front office for not going after it when we have a chance or being cheap. Like those are just, I hate to say this, but like when you say those things, it just clearly shows me that you're not that you're not a good fan. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's just that you don't invest as much time into this as other people to where you're just not as knowledgeable about the situation as other people. Simple as that. The funny thing is, is since Nick Carls took it over as GM, I think there's one trade that, he regrets. And that was the trade that where they got Puig and they got Alex Wood and they got Kyle Farmer. That was a very short-sighted move. Is that Matt Kemp? 
we get Matt Kemp in that deal? The funny, yeah, who played like six games. Yeah. But the the funny thing is about that trade is the Reds' one weakness right now is starting pitching. The guy they gave away has a 3.27 ERA and was an all-star for the Nationals. So, like, yeah, sure, you can't be afraid to make a trade, but sure would be nice to have Josiah Gray in this rotation right now. So that's what you're up against. And, and yeah, I mean, I get you can't be afraid to make a trade, but at the same time, I I, I just, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm more willing to give up prospects that have a lot of real potential when the Reds odds are on the other side of 50%. Of course. When they're up at six, when they're up at 60, 70, yeah, that might be the time to be a little more aggressive because you're moving that 60 to 70 or that 70 to 80, as opposed to moving that 35 to 40 or 45. That's a big, big difference to me. I'm fine. Just writing it out. I think they should look to acquire some relievers. I think what the Reds did at 2021 deadline would be almost perfect right now where you found three relievers that were good, not great, and it helped the team, and I think it would help the team now. But there's also a lot of guys that are coming back, too. Um, that kind of goes into the next one. You want me to kind of jump into that, having a big league segue here? Oh, big league segue. All right, so some injury updates, some really good stuff for the Reds, really encouraging stuff. Hunter Green through live bratting practice on Friday, up to 99 on his uh, velocity. Uh, he's scheduled to start a rehab assignment for the Louisville Bats on August 5th. That's in seven days. That's exciting. All goes well. Could return August 20th. Nick Lodolo threw a side session on Friday as well. Needs some more, but the target date for him is now late August. That's to get back to the big leagues late August. TJ Antone pitching in Arizona on Friday. Plans to go to Louisville and pitch starting on Tuesday. Uh, Casey Lagamina. Pitching in Arizona in the, the the complex league, Vladimir Gutierrez pitching in Arizona in the complex league. Only downside, Reaver San Martin, who we were speculating on. Uh, maybe the Reds were listening to our show and decided, hey, we better give an update on this guy. Probably not, but he had UCL reconstruction surgery last month, and his season's over. But some good stuff, man. We got some. It's a lot of pitchers that that could really turn things around. For for where the Reds are at as a as a pitching staff as a whole, there's some risk in that. I mean, I don't know what Nick Lodolo is going to look like when he comes back, but that's a lot of dudes that you could be adding here that that could really have, I think, a lot of impact. What's your kind of thoughts on that, Trace? Uh, I, I think that it's good and bad in a way. Like part of that is is that you're going to be playing meaningful baseball, and these, you got to figure out what these guys have, or if they're if they're I don't want to say ready or not. You know, like. Legamina, like if he comes back, what spots are you putting him in? Are you putting him in? I mean, he, you would like to think that he's not going to get that many high leverage situations. However, it feels like, and maybe it's just because we watch these guys on a daily basis and we get ourselves kind of more into the weeds on this than 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 if you take a little more of a of a macro view, it's not as great, it's not as crazy. But like, it doesn't feel like the Reds have all that many non-high leverage situations, period, ever. I mean, when, when, when are the Reds playing a baseball game where you're like, ah, yeah, just throw Legamine out there. If he gives up four runs, uh, who gives a damn? It doesn't matter. I mean, that doesn't happen all that often. So, you know, how do you get him in a spot where you feel comfortable with him? When the Dolo comes back, are you going to throw him in the, the bullpen or use him as an opener, like we said? Or is he going to come back and you're just going to say, hey, he's a starter? I mean, starters, like it or not, at least uh, outside of outside of and again I've defended him tooth and nail I can't really defend him anymore outside of Luke Weaver Nick everybody else is throwing the ball pretty good 
pretty good. You 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 could make the argument that Ben Lively, at least you feel like you're going to get a pretty decent start out of him. You don't know what you're going to get from Nick Lodola. You don't. And Hunter Green maybe is a little bit different because I don't think his injury is as crazy. Um, so I guess that's kind of my overall thoughts on it are I'm happy that they're coming back, but I'm also a little concerned that we do we have to get these guys feet wet in meaningful situations because that seems like what's going to have to happen. So the starting pitching rotation is is really interesting because you get let's say you get Green and Lodolo back, then that's two, and you only need three more pitchers to fill the rest of your rotation. You have Ashcraft, Abbott, Lively, Williamson. That's four. That's up to six right there. And there's that Connor Phillips guy that's sitting at AAA. So there are seven options I think most of us probably feel pretty good about at some point. Um, someone else could get hurt, though, that's that's active right now. That That's possible. I think in Legumina's case, by the time Legumina gets up to speed here in a couple weeks, there's probably an injury that he replaces someone on the roster. It's just that that's kind of how these things go. Someone uh, of that relievers when you're into August is going to get hurt. It's just, you know, that that happens in a in a baseball season. So he provides some depth. Vlad Gutierrez pr- provides some depth. Um, guy I'm going to talk about here in a second, Lion Richardson, could really, really provide some depth. TJ Anton, you know, th- the list goes on. Those are just all guys that could just provide some depth that where you're not calling up, uh, um, a, a, you know, Salazar or Karcher or someone like that. You don't have to worry about Karcher. I think that he's, uh, I don't know where Karcher is, but he's not in the Reds organization. Um, yeah, he is. Yeah, last he time is. I checked, he got brought back. He, he, he cleared waivers, my man. <laughs> cleared waivers. He, he threw a shutout in it yesterday, bro. Well, that just shows how much I pay attention. Didn't listen to the podcast this morning, Trace. Come no, on, man. No, no I did Come not. Come on, man. I did, I did not. Car- I cannot believe it. The fact that, Mac, the fact that Karcher is, uh, is still thrown in the Reds organization. What a god! I don't know if that's a godsend or if that's just a, a something that really really shows what what kind of arms we have down in uh, where's he at Louisville? I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still Louisville. My gosh! All right, L- Louisville. They won five three over Indianapolis in ten innings. Bats came back to win in extra innings. Now fifty three and forty five on the year. Bats two and a half back in the West Division of the International League. Lion Richardson, he made his AAA debut, and it was spectacular. Three innings pitched, one hit, zero runs, zero walks, five Ks. He's been on a strict pitch count all year because he's coming back off Tommy John surgery. So if he did get called to the big leagues, he'd be probably like a two-inning guy at a time, but he could be incredibly effective. He's just been dominant at every level this year. Tonight, nine swing and misses on 18 swings. His fastball average, 97.4, topped out at 98.4, and the Indianapolis Indians had just one hard hit ball against him. So, Lion Richardson, I don't know how many games they're going to have him throw in Louisville, but I feel like he's going to get called up soon. That's just a gut feeling for me. All right, Novi Marte, one for three, hit a home run, his 10th, stole his 14th base, and he also walked. Marte's home run went 421 feet, exit velocity of 107. Marte, man, he continues to uh, uh, hammer on the door. Christian Roa, I want to mention him. Uh, pitched okay. He actually came in for the first time in relief. It was after Richardson, so it was kind of like a staggered start. Uh, four and a third. He gave up three earned runs. Struck out seven, walked four, but he did only allow two hard balls. So a positive uh, um, outing um, from Roa today. And then Tony Santiani threw a scoreless inning as well. Uh, Double-A Chattanooga, they also won in extra innings. They beat Montgomery 4-3. to three. Lookouts now 
50 and 43 with a walk-off single by Alex McGarry in the 10th inning. Uh, Blake Dunn still is 41st base of the season uh, between multiple levels. Reese Hines, he had two walks. Uh, High A Dayton, they lost seven to six. Uh, Dragons, they had their six-game win streak snap. They're now 48 and 46 on the season. Dragons are two back in the East Division of the Midwest League. In uh, this one, uh, Hunter Park started the game. That was the guy that, that Tom Nichols said the scouts are most looking looking at right now. He was ejected after hitting a batter on the first pitch of the game. Um, there might, I think there was some history there. He hit the guy at his last start maybe or something. You think? But uh, one pitch and he got ejected. Um, not a whole lot of good offense in this game other than Kate Hunter. He's, he was two for three. Uh, the catching prospect. Just got since he got promoted, hitting 345 with an OPS over a thousand in nine games. Jay Allen left the game with an apparent like non contact injury. It looked like he was dizzy or something. Tom Nichols, though, actually tweeted he's the voice of the Dragons and said that he was told that he is okay. So that's good to hear. Uh, and then the Tortugas, uh, they lost eight two. Tortugas have lost seven of eight now, 40 and 51 on the year. Really nothing going on at all in this game other than Victor Acosta doubled. Everyone else, uh, had a rough night. Safe to say. Who, what, when, where, and why, Nick? All right, Luke Weaver against Emmett Sheehan tomorrow. Uh, Sheehan, 3-1 and one with a 6.75 ERA this year. He was a sixth-round draft pick in 2021. He was a top 100 prospect entering the year. His first start, he threw six no-hit innings, but really has kind of been downhill from there for Sheehan. Last start was ugly, allowed eight earned runs in three and two-thirds innings against the Rangers. Um, and he does not throw a lot of strikes. So hopefully the Reds can, uh, obviously a talented pitcher. I mean, if you're not a top 100 prospect by accident, but a guy that hopefully the Reds can uh, hit around, and they might need it because Luke Weaver will be on the mound. Luke Weaver and his ERA of 8.79 over the last 10 starts, but the Reds are 9-1 in those starts. So uh, I, I don't know. What else do you say? Weaver got rocked by the Dodgers in his last start, but the Reds won. The Reds won. That was Ellie De La Cruz's MLB debut. Or, yeah, second game out of one of those games. Whatever. One of those crazy. Luke Weaver, does he got more magic in him, Trace? I mean, until he until he shows he doesn't have any more magic left, you got to keep trying. Got to keep testing it out. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We greatly appreciate all of the love and support. If you have not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, well, what are you waiting for? Do it right now as we have new episodes available bright and early the morning after every single Reds game this season, just in time for your daily commute, your morning coffee, or however else you get your day started. And also, make sure that you are subscribed to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so you can join us live after every single Reds game this season and be a part of the conversation. Hit the bell and turn on notifications also so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. We hope that you have a fantastic day, and as always, go Reds.